The following podcast contains spoilers. We strongly recommend you watch the episode of The Americans we're discussing before listening to the podcast. New episodes air Wednesdays at 10 p.m. on FX. All of the painful truths that, that any of us face in life is going to lead to a tough transition, a tough reassessment. There's always a mountain to climb or a valley to crawl through afterwards, but there's almost invariably something better on the other side. Uh, in this show, of course, you have to live to make it to the other side, but that's another story. <laughs> Welcome to Slate's TV Club Insider Podcast for Season 4 of The Americans. This week we'll be talking about Glanders, the Season 4 premiere. I'm June Thomas, a writer and editor at Slate, and I'm madly excited to be the host of this season's companion podcast to The FX Show. We'll take you behind the scenes and give an insider look into the writing, researching, producing of the show, and I've been assured that secrets will be spilled. Molly Nussbaum, who did such an amazing job on season three, has moved on to TV Pastures New, so I have the unenviable job of stepping into her shoes. Each week, I'll be joined by someone from the cast or crew, and today I'm in glorious Gowanus, Brooklyn, where the show is made with Joe Weisberg, the creator of The Americans, and his co-showrunner and co-executive producer, Joel Fields, a.k.a. The Jays. Okay, Joe and Joel, I'm super excited to talk to you, but we have Kerry Russell and Matthew Reese here for about five minutes of this episode. At least five minutes. Don't worry, they'll be back later in the season. But why don't we start with them and then we'll turn back to you guys, okay? You're super excited to talk to us, but, but, shut up. You know, my father, shut My father used to say, when someone says, but, it just means you can disregard everything they said prior. Great. It's and great. really good. <laughs> and, uh, yes. But can I ask something though? Like when our hiatus is over, even though we like our jobs, yeah. we want to kill ourselves when the hiatus <laughs> is over. Are you guys like that too? Or are you sort of raring to get back? No, ready to kill ourselves. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. when it's over? Yeah. yeah. Oh, then, yeah, yeah. And what happens when you get the first two scripts? We sent you the first two at once. It's always exciting. Yeah. Yeah, it's exciting. And it's usually and then some. you read them. Well, it's like. Yeah. <laughs> It's always a race as to who can read them first, and Russell always ends because she's a speed reader. So there's usually like things like this. <gasps> oh my! Oh my! I was like, shut up! I'm still on page two. What does int mean? It's true. Who's Martha? <laughs> Do you forget the details of like what happened? You know, is it hard to kind of get back into the who's that again? I mean, you're kind of joking. But... Yes. Yeah, it is because there's so it's such a detail heavy show. We have these. We both sort of do it, but I do these like breakdowns on the front of the script because a lot of times we shoot out of order or um, we're shooting three episodes at once. And so they're like little cheat sheet breakdowns of your character on on the front, like, oh yeah, yeah, that was that, that was that. And then you can kind of go back, um, which I should have done before this. (laughs) Can you give us any hints about what your characters are going to be going through this season? I think as any parent without adolescent children will attest, there'll be, there'll be, there'll be certain um, offspring challenges brought our way and, and how, you know, how we now begin to navigate those stormy waters. I think that, that'll play heavily in this season. It doesn't get any less stressful. No. Doesn't that stress you out? Yeah, it's really... I, I feel like this season is really about 
um, emotional human cost versus, um, you know, killing. Submariners. Yeah. <laughs> she still holds me accountable for. Um, you didn't get the plans. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, it's not it, my fault. It's really the intricacies of, of the relationships that are there. Don't you agree? About yeah, the, we call it the season with no plot. <laughs> it is. But, it's sort of the fine combing of the breakdowns and development of but, but, certain relationships. Yeah, but bizarrely, it's the most, to me, it's the most tense. However laden the other seasons or plots were with with big storylines, it's the payoff of, of having yes, three seasons. Payoff, you have yeah. this beautifully reduced jus now that will just be intense to the taste. Um, well, thank you, Kerry. Matthew, you can run off now and, ep- and record episode two. They'll be back with us toward the end of the season. All right, well, so we just watched episode one, Glanders. Yeah, the first thing we want to say yes. to the audience, don't get Glanders. <laughs> Any diseases you see this season on the show, like Glanders, are real diseases. We didn't make up the diseases. We, I mean, I'm assuming nobody's ever heard of Glanders, unless you work in the uh, medical community, but that is a real disease. And you don't want to get it. You no, don't want you it. just tell from the name. Like, Yeah, it sounds bad, right? Yeah. That, honestly, that's half the reason we picked that one. It just sounds bad. Anything with a cute name, you know, that's going to be really nasty. It's not good, yeah. Yeah, they're softening the blow. No, yeah, yeah. You, you don't want to say, oh, Davy stayed home because we had little Glanders. Yeah. Right, no, <laughs> no, no. Although somewhat cutely, I think it starts with cows. I think that's who gets Glanders first. The cows I don't think necessarily minded that much, but once it gets to people, ugh. Mm, you don't want news. it. So some pretty big shit happened at the end of season three, which is where we come right in. More people know about Elizabeth and Philip. They Paige know spilled the beans. She yeah. really spilled the beans. And also Philip himself spilled the beans to, well, Clark spilled the beans to Martha. So we got just their circle of people who know is bigger, which means that the tension is almost unbearable. Well, that's the thing about secrets. Just like bioweapons, once they're out they can start to spread. When when you came in to start off season four, did you know right away what you were, what the theme was going to be? You know, it's interesting. We usually bat around a lot of different themes. And then at the end of the season, we look back and see which one really stuck. I would say that a lot of this season uh, ended up being uh, about the question of home mm-hmm. and where is home really and, and how do you get there? What do you think? Well, it's funny because I remember... Home was a big thing we talked about at the end of last season. But what strikes me most about this season in terms of theme is that we really, more than any other season, let that idea percolate in our subconscious. We really followed character and story this year, especially once we made the decision to start this season right at the end of last season, Mm -hmm. right on the heels of it. We found we were just moving with such momentum and such inevitability towards so many story pieces that have we've been waiting to tell that we were able to put some of those questions really into our subconscious about theme and just follow the drama. I was thinking about this question today about following your your story because we cut a, we were in post where we edit the show and we cut a scene. And it was a scene that had uh, some of our sort of side characters in it, but it wasn't really central to the story. And I was thinking about this sort of eternal question you always face on these shows, both when you're making them, but also when you're watching shows and you think, oh, well, there's an interesting scene with the side characters. And sometimes those work and sometimes you start to get bored. And But then at the same time, I, I was, the, you know, you sometimes 
want to make those uh, scenes because they start enriching your characters and adding life to your characters. So it's sort of a conundrum. Do you do those scenes or not? And I think what's really this season felt very organic, and maybe more than any previous season, is it's been very clear that all our scenes are really following our storyline. And we tend to always think so much in terms of character mm-hmm. that you just you follow the characters, you follow the characters, you follow the characters. But this season, we never followed a character anywhere where they weren't involved in the story and the plot. Mm-hmm. And it all just seemed to come together pretty organically. Yeah, well, I think at its best, character... It's expressed by story. It becomes this inextricable thing. Well, I, I was very struck that you guys, I should say the Americans, perhaps more than any other show, it doesn't leave things behind. Like most television, a character, something happens to a character, maybe they just drop out of the show or, you know, whatever. The actor just doesn't come back. You guys, you could bring anything back at any time. Do you want to prepare us for any of those ghosts that might reappear this season? Well, we can give one that won't be a spoiler because had already started to be explored at the end of last season, but it was a great surprise to us, which was the character of Anton. And he was really written in as an emotional trigger for Philip in an early episode. Mm. And we had this great idea for this situation where Philip was stuck with a Mossad agent and confronted with questions of identity and what it meant to be undercover and to tell lies, but to be able to go home or not go home and to have a real family or a fake family. And Michael Aronoff delivered such a glorious, rich performance that before we knew it, Nina was working him in the USSR. Right. Uh, that's, I think that's an example of what you're talking about. Right, right. I think that's not uncommon for us in a way that we, we cast a part that seems kind of relatively small. And, and even the actors sometimes want to know, is this really such a small part? And we say, it is right now, but honestly, even two, and then it could drop out and two seasons later, yeah. this could come back right. as really a major arc. But we can't promise because right. you may never be heard from again. Right. Um, in other seasons, I know the some of the events were shaped by news events that happened in the time when your show is based. This is the first time I've had scripts and I was surprised, but totally not surprised uh, to see that every script is like a specific date. Like the opening episode that we just saw happened between March 8th and 11th, 1983. And the scripts actually specify eight hours later in Moscow or however many different uh, hours. Um, Again, I'm sure there are things you want to keep secret, but do you want to tease any of the events that might be happening over the next 13 hours? Oh, we, we have some fun ones. First, I'll say we're podcasting from what, the room we call The Vault, which is where Joe and I write. And as you can see, up on the walls there, we have the calendar yeah. that's from February 1983 all the way through January 1984. And overlaid on that calendar are all of the episode dates. And we are insane about trying to find things that actually took place when uh, they would have taken place had mm-hmm. our fictional world actually been playing out in the real world. Yeah, so. it's really interesting because there were uh, kind of huge historical events that took place this year, but for various reasons, our 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 story didn't kind of land around them. And we had a lot of agonizing discussions about it because they were so central to what Philip and Elizabeth uh, work on and care about. And we had all these talks about, boy, is it possible for us to tell our story and not focus on them when our characters would care so much? But at the end of the day, it's not where the story went. And we had to kind of move move past that. And we thought back to season one with the Reagan assassination attempt and how well that worked for us. And we thought, well, we're just we're just going in a different direction here. You got you to gotta go the direction you're going. Right. The big example of that was KAL 007, which 
really, we figured, how could that not be? At the beginning of the season, we thought that would be a, almost a spine for the season. The, uh, shooting yeah. Down yeah. Of, the shooting uh, down the shooting down of the Korean airliner was a huge issue. And, and of course, we know all kinds of things about it we didn't know then, right. making it really good fodder for our story. We got but. books, we did research, and at one point we broke some stories that actually were really tied into it. But, as Joe said... It's just not where the characters went. And That's our kind of spoiler. It's a reverse spoiler. We're <laughs> spoiling what we're not doing. Here's some new spoilers from 1984, you guys. So get ready. Did Kerry Russell's pregnancy make any present any particular challenges or did it change the way you worked or anything like that? Well, it was interesting. We, uh, we talked a lot about it and ultimately just decided pretty quickly not to make any story changes. Mm. So we told the story we had set out to tell from the beginning. It was a legitimate question. I mean, schedule-wise, it would have worked out. We could have made that character pregnant and Mm -hmm. given them another baby. And so we definitely talked about that for a while, but it just didn't seem to fit. We just didn't want to give them a a new kid at this point. We accelerated some production stuff uh, just to to try to get out sooner so she'd be freer sooner. And you'll you'll see her with laundry baskets in front of her and things that conceal it. But there's going to be a... Yeah, but there's also a combination of... Laundry baskets, groceries, coats, and also some computer trickery and other cinematic trickery so that we hope it won't be noticeable. But, it's, you know, I'll tell you one interesting thing for me was that when it came up, the number of people working on the show who had had this exact experience so knew exactly what to do. I mean, that's always an interesting... How do you mean? Well, just a number of people had worked with actresses who were pregnant in the middle of a shooting schedule before. Uh-huh. So, so like one person was able to say, we did this. Another person was say, we did that. And before you knew it, after like an hour, the, a plan was starting to take shape. So the, everybody had their own version of the laundry basket. <laughs> yes, <hearing>. right. exactly. <laughs> Fortunately, <laughs> they already did a lot of laundry on this yeah. show. Right. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So episode 401 opens with a tease in which we see the childhood... Philip or Misha, as I guess uh, we should call him, killing a kid, which you sound so surprised I'm, and judgmental. Yeah, I know, I know. Judgmental. that guy took his milk. <laughs> well, yeah, there's there is an element of like he's bringing justice. He's a justice bringer, but like, what is that about? It really did shock me. Like, I didn't know if I was if I was supposed to just take this as more evidence of. Philip's deep psychological underpinnings, the kind of things that would motivate him to go to Est and give him things to work through. Or if he, you're just trying to say, this guy is a straight-up psychopath Ooh, and whoa. always has been. Back off, June Thomas. Whoa. Number one of those two. I mean, for us, I was, you know what I was going to say? I was going to say we don't answer questions like that, but then you went down the psychopath road. You know, for us... You have pressed our button. Yeah. <laughs> for us... This is a guy who grew up in circumstances that are probably pretty hard for us to imagine in a lot of ways. So we're trying in a very limited number of scenes and shots to show the post-war Soviet Union where I think that was a pretty realistic scene, a pretty realistic thing to happen, that this kid was very poor. We already know that Philip grew up poor, who wasn't poor back then in the Soviet Union. He was very poor, and he had some bullies picking on him, and they picked on him for a long time. And then this kid, because he was... Philip, because he was who was who he was, had this reaction where he fought back, but he overreacted and he did go a little crazy and he, and he killed a kid. And that's just in that environment. And for certain people, sometimes something like this this happens. But we feel compa- we feel compassionate towards him. I mean, that's a terrible tragedy to happen to a kid. Obviously, a tragedy for the victim too, but also a tragedy for Philip. It's something that could shape a whole person's life. And so we're just trying to tell it as this very powerful emotional backstory. And absolutely. 
obviously it ties right into Est, but ties into his whole life and who he was and who he became and how he became somebody in the KGB and 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 we'll see where it goes from there too. But and, and I'd say as much as it's the start of the new season, again, it's it to me is so important that it's continuous action out of the prior season. And if you think about the scenes that preceded it, and particularly the scene that preceded it, which was Philip trying to figure out how to share with Elizabeth all he's been struggling with and the murder of Jean that's weighing on him and what that flashback of that early first violence leads to for him is him for reasons totally different than the ones Elizabeth had suggested saying, you know what, I have to come clean with Martha about what happened. It's not gonna work for me to lie. And that's such a huge statement about where he's at in his struggles. Well, speaking of Martha, poor Martha, <laughs> again, very early, we just see the cost of what she's learned. Jean is dead? Oh, no, 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 no. No, I didn't, I didn't agree to this. I don't want this. Martha. How could you do that? No, no, stay sorry, away. Martha. Stay away, stay away. What have you done? What have I done? And then Paige, it just feels like please, the more you know, the more miserable you are. Please help me. Take it. They're just, they're liars. They're liars and they're trying to turn me into one. They're not who they say they are. They're not Americans. They're Russians. These sorts of revelations in life, all of the painful truths that, that any of us face in life, any painful truth we face in life is going to lead to a tough transition, a tough reassessment. And there's, there's always a mountain to climb or a valley to crawl through afterwards. But there's almost invariably better something better on the other side. Uh, in this show, of course, you have to live to make it to the other side. But that's another story. <laughs> it also feels like you're really exploring friendship this season. And again, maybe I'm just a pessimist when it comes to the characters in The Americans, but it feels like it's very difficult. I mean, even if we just focus on like the big confrontation at the end of the episode where Stan and Philip are you know just face to face and hands on and it's it's extra scary for those of us who know what's in Philip's pocket <laughs> but um you know the the more secrets you have in that case you know it's driven by a nonsensical thing an error you know just a an interpersonal thing it's not anything to do with the really big international secrets that they're carrying um that they're but, carrying right yeah but again like is there any possibility of friendship in this world we always from season one felt that the the thing that made that relationship so interesting was that the friendship was genuine and that it could survive and, and coexist even with all the espionage and, and mixed motives of the of friendship what goes between on. Philip and, and Stan. Philip and Stan could be real even even with the even with the mixed motives. So that that's what we that's what we like about it. And there's and you as you point out, there's a sort of a friendship theme uh, running out the, running throughout the season and there'll be some other very intense explorations of it. There, I was surprised in this episode, uh, in one of the uh, trademark uh, surveillance scenes or following scenes 
let's just say, trademark scenes of spycraft in the Americans. Um, Elizabeth had a strong reaction when Philip called off a meet because he had a feeling. And that seemed like that, she couldn't really like handle that. that. Yeah. Why? Well, what was the know, up with really that? It's really a spy trope that you see it all the time in movies and TV shows that I sensed something. But that's not how it really works. You know, is she, she really said it. She said that the way it's supposed to work is you're supposed to see something. It's supposed to be much more concrete than that. So to her, to hear that he's something almost emotional is going on is almost like, uh, almost, almost as if he's saying, I've got ESP or some kind of extrasensory perception. It's, it's pretty close to garbage. I don't know that a, you know 100% of people agree with that. I've occasionally, occasionally heard people who would say that after years and years and years of doing it, you might develop a kind of sixth sense. But I think very few people think that. I think almost everybody who actually practices espionage believes that it, this all takes place in a concrete world. And if you're not seeing an actual thing, then you are, might as well be imagining it. Imagine a surgeon opening up a patient under full anesthesia, reaching in and then saying, I don't have a good feeling about this one. Let's sew them back up. We'll do the surgery another day. And, and the other surgeon says, a bad feeling? What, did you see something? Was there something in the blood flow? Was there anything? No, I just didn't feel right. I've been doing me. this for years. It just doesn't feel right. It doesn't right. feel right. So I, I think this is what <laughs> yeah. Joe's talking about. I see. Now, when you're putting together a, an episode of television of the Americans, but especially in a season premiere when people have, you know, they've been away from the show for a while, you've got to pull them back in. Do you kind of have a sense of, how much are you aware of managing viewers' expectations? You know, is there a formula like we'll give them three thrills, two love elements, and, you know, one laugh in every episode? Is, is there a formula like that? I think it's safe to say we've abandoned all formula <laughs> at this point. I, it's for better or for worse, we, we joke with each other about whether or not the story can even be followed. And the the rule that we adhere to is we want it to... We want the story to make sense to the characters and we want it to feel compelling and exciting for us. And we hope that that's gonna add up to something exciting for the audience. That's it for this week. Thanks again to Kerry Russell, Matthew Reese, Joel Fields, and Joe Weisberg. Come back next week to hear us talk about episode 402, Pastor Tim, when we'll speak with a real KGB illegal from the Cold War era. Join us every week after the show. I'm June Thomas. Our producer is Henry Malofsky. This show is part of the Panoply Network. Boy, is that a low bar. The story making sense <laughs> to the fictional characters. Yes, I know. <laughs> well, admittedly. <laughs>